All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Jackson Moody. Uh, we got a lot of bad news to talk about today. Texas Tech falls 45-17 to Baylor in Lubbock. Um, it all came undone for Texas Tech today. Coaching staff wasn't good. No players were good. Um, quite honestly, it was just an all-around poor performance. Baron Morden looked mortal. Fans left early. It was a really bad scene in Lubbock on Saturday night. However, there is some good news. The good news is I still think we have the right coaching staff in place. I still think the players are changing the culture. We're better than we were a year ago. And uh, I think we still have a chance uh, this week against TCU. So we'll talk about all that and preview the TCU game and talk about that ticket situation going on down there. All right, so... This isn't a game I want to go play-by-play and recap by any stretch of the imagination. It started badly. It looked like uh, we had them stopped. They went for it on fourth down. I mean, we are the most aggressive team at going for it on fourth downs, and Baylor is the second most in the conference. And they went for it, picked it up. Blake Shapin slid early, turned the ball over. Um, Looked good. Uh, for us on that first defensive possession but we really just could not get anything going offensively in that first quarter it was tough to watch quite honestly we just did not have it Baron Morton didn't have it today and I said this a few weeks ago he's the future I I said I'd take him over Quinn Ewers Um, I I think I'll still stand by that but I also said that he's gonna have some freshman moments and uh, that's what we saw against Baylor on Saturday night unfortunately um, it, he, he looked like a freshman back there. The offensive line was bad. I praised Caleb Rogers last week. I said that he was getting it figured out. He obviously has not gotten it figured out. We did pretty much n- nothing right all on the offensive line or the defensive line. I mean, Baylor was bringing three guys and getting to us. Baron Morton got sacked by three guys simultaneously when three guys came on the rush. And when you drop eight in coverage... Yeah, he has nowhere to throw the ball to. It was just a bad performance all around. The defense held on. The defense held on. So this thing kind of snowballed. I remember, I mean, I was in the stadium for this game. It was 3 nothing. We were driving. We sell for a field goal. I remember before that third down thinking, man, that, that would have been nice to be able to go up 7-3 to three there. Because at that point, Baylor was dominating the game, but we were still very much in it. If we could have taken a four-point lead, maybe that turns the game a little bit. Um, It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, We got three. Baylor went down, scored. I was thinking, all right, we're going into the half, probably down 10 to three, unless we can get something going on this drive. Quick possession for us, does nothing. Baylor gets the ball back, scores again. I thought... There was a good chance we would have seen Tyler Shuck come out for the second half. Uh, We didn't, which I think says a lot about the trust that they have in Baron Morden. Um, But Baron throws a pick on his first set of downs in the second half. And it was just a bad read by him. He tried to force the ball. I mean, when you have that talented of arm, you're going to try to force the ball sometimes. I'm not saying I don't want him to ever do it. But that time, it really came back to bite us. And it's 24-3. And it felt like the game was just about over at that point. It was a tough, it was a tough, tough one. And I will talk about one call um, in the first half by the refs where they called pass interference on uh, down the Baylor sideline. It was a bad call. It probably cost us four points. They probably would have settled for a field goal. It's not the reason we lost the game. But overall, it was just a tough game to watch i think all of us can agree on that one it was just a really really brutal game to watch 
Um, we looked like we got it going, though, in the second half. I will say that. In the second half, when we were down 24 to 3, we started to run the ball finally. We finally started to run the ball, and it was working. So Roderick Thompson almost busted one for a touchdown. He was marked down at the half-yard line. It was the right call. Uh, Baron Morton goes with the play action out of the goal line set, finds Henry Teeter at the corner of the end zone. We get to within two possessions in the middle of the third quarter. We look like we have a chance. Then Richard, then they uh, Baylor does a pitch. They fumble in their own territory. We pick it up. It looked it looked at that point like we may have a chance at this game. And then that next drive, it really looked like we were pulling off, off a comeback. I mean, it was still the third quarter. Uh, Taj Brooks had a big run. Baron Morton completed a first down on second and 12 across the middle to, I believe, Mason Tharp. May have been Baylor Cup. But then after that, on fourth and seven at the eight, we had to go for it. It was a good call, and we got it. Baron Morton just moving around the pocket, broke one or two tackles, ran into the end zone. That was just a clutch play by him. And look, even in by far the worst start of his career, it's only been three starts, but a really bad start, really off what we saw his first two starts, you still saw those flashes in this game. It was, I believe, on our field goal drive where he just threw a ball to Miles Price on the boundaries. I mean, look, we, we saw flashes out of him this game. It wasn't a great game by him. But what really undid it is after that one, they, Baylor was just able to run the ball with Reese on us. I mean, we could not stop him. Our dam broke in that second half on our run defense. And that's kind of what you expect. I believe in the first half it was they we only had about 25% possession in that first half. I mean, you expect your defense to get worn out. If you can't sustain drives, yes, we have a quality defense, but they're not going to be able to hold up all game. Now, a coaching decision that will drive people nuts and rightfully so rightfully so why in the world i get i get when we have donovan smith come in on third or fourth and short why are we running hurry up from there there is no point in running hurry up from there if you're gonna run hurry up run the ball do not throw the ball yes okay it worked twice where you brought in donovan smith on either third and short or fourth and short and you got the first down that worked both times. The first time Donovan Smith, they went hurry up. He actually threw a good ball to the end zone that was dropped. But the second time, he just throws an awful ball. Just throws a pick. I mean, you're driving. You're getting yourself back in the game. You want your starting quarterback who is getting hot, who has gotten you back in the game, out there throwing the passes. And look, Baron Morton can run too. We saw it on that touchdown run he had. The guy can run too. Now, is he as powerful as a runner as Donovan Smith? No, but he's still somebody that you have to account for that can run the ball. Now, our defense gets a huge three and out there, gives us a chance. And we're driving. Barron's looking good. Barron throws up a ball on first and 10 into the end zone. Sparkman grabs it, grabs it in the air, high points it, comes down with it, gets taken out from his hands as he's coming down. And they give the interception to Baylor. And he still had his hands on the ball. I, I don't get that. Ty always goes to the offensive player in that case. Ty always goes to the offensive player in that case. And they give it to the defense. Now, I get he had, he had his chest on the ball by the time he was down. And I would get it if they grab it at the same time and call it that way. But 
Sparkman caught the ball in the air alone. I I get why the replay didn't reverse that. I think that's a bad call. I think at that point it should have been 31-24. I don't think we played well enough to win the game, but we should have had a chance to win that game. We should have. I mean, that's just from what I saw, and I'm pretty sure all of y'all know what play I'm talking about here. We should have had a chance to win that game. I I I don't get how it was called the way it was. And that's obviously not the reason we lost. We we got beat for 60 minutes basically. But that that one was frustrating not to be able to see us get a chance to finish it. Now, I will say the last point or last play I want to talk about is when Tyler Shuck came in and threw that pick six. He had a completely clean pocket. He did. Okay. I like him. He came in cold. He's worked his way back, but he had a completely clean pocket and stared down Trey Cleveland on an out route. If there is one route you don't want to stare a guy down on it's the out route and he just stares him down throws a weak ball with a clean pocket and it gets taken back for six and obviously the game was over at that point i i honestly don't get pulling baron morton there you have four minutes left you're down 14 heck we've given up a 15 point lead with three minutes to go against texas in 2020 i think you take your shot on that drive you've already completed an onside kick already this season you take a shot on that drive, let your gunslinger go out there, see if he can work something out. But no, um, you. I guess he want, McGuire wanted to get Chuck some time and throws a pick six. All I'll say about that is that was a bad pick six. And uh, there's no quarterback controversy. There's none at all. Our quarterbacks came in. I, I don't think they had any completions and had two interceptions at one point, the backup to Chuck and Smith. Um, and Baron, look, he threw a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He had a really bad game. He had a really bad game today, but even in a really bad game, you saw flashes of what he can do. And at this point, you're not winning the big 12 title. You're trying to get to a bowl game. I still think Baron Morton gives you the best chance to get to a bowl game. I still believe there's at least two wins left on this schedule for us. I mean, we get Kansas at home. We get OU at home. You can win both of those. You get Iowa State on the road. That looks winnable. You get uh, TCU on the road. That's a tough one. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see. Um, It is a rivalry game. It wouldn't shock me if we go beat them. I'll be at that, or I'll be in Fort Worth. I'll try to be at that game. We'll talk about the ticket situation here in a few. But overall, coaching staff, needs to look themselves in the mirrors. Players need to look themselves in the mirrors after that game. Uh, there's criticism deserved by pretty much everybody, coaching staff and players-wise. I still think the players are doing a great job changing the culture. I still think we're ahead of where we were last year. This has probably been my favorite tech team to watch in some time. You know, Players-wise, coaching staff-wise, I still think we have a good coaching staff. I think we have a first-year coaching staff, and Baylor already has their culture built in and has a third-year culture staff or co- coaching staff. I think that Baylor, look, they're just further ahead in the process than we are right now, and they proved that on Saturday night. It sucked to watch. It really sucked to watch, but that's just the reality of it, and now it's uh Forget about that one and on to TCU because that could be a winnable game as well. Now, before I get into the X's and O's and how we can beat TCU, 
I want to talk about this completely Bush League uh, soft, soft move from TCU and their AD. So they sold that purple plan ticket. They sold single game tickets to five of their six home games. The only one they didn't sell tickets for was Texas Tech. You had to have season tickets or buy a three game plan. Now, the problem with this one is TCU likes to say they're DFW's team. Really, then why can't you fill out your 45,000 seat stadium as a top 10 team with uh, Fox or Big Fo- or Big Noon kickoff, whatever Fox this is? Why can't you fill out your stadium of 45,000 people, not a huge stadium, if you're DFW's team and you're in the biggest market in the Big 12? Seriously, why can't you? Is it because you're not DFW's team? Is it because you don't actually own that market? Okay, so let me ask. Let me ask. And you can think about this this in your mind. Who has more fans in DFW, TCU or Texas? I'd guess TCU or I'd guess Texas. Who has more fans, TCU or Texas Tech? I'd guess Texas Tech. Who has more fans, TCU or Arkansas? I, I lived in Dallas for about three months. I met a lot more Arkansas fans than TCU fans. I will say that much. Who has more fans in that market, TCU or Texas A&M? I'd still lean Texas A&M on that one. I'm just saying they like to say they're DFW's team. They can't sell out. They're, they're afraid to put tickets on the market for their home games as a top 10 team. You can't buy a two-game one. So I called TCU's ticket office, asked to buy the two-game package to Texas Tech, Iowa State. They said, oh, no, we're completely out of uh, TCU, Texas Tech tickets. The next day, TCU posts on their ticket office, oh, if you have a TCU email, you can get a $20 ticket to the TCU, Texas Tech game, and we'll throw the Iowa State game in free. I was ready to pay over $100 for them both combined. They're giving them out for 20 bucks. What a joke. What a joke. Like, honestly, I would rather give my money to another Big 12 school than to give it on StubHub, where right now, if you want four tickets as of Saturday morning, you had to, if you want four tickets, you have to pay $1,200. If you want to take your family to the game and you're a family of four, you have to pay $1,200 to sit in the worst seats, the highest up seats. What, what kind of joke is that? Seriously. Seriously, I, I, get, I get prices for the Big 12 championship game. I get that. Look, that is a supply and demand thing. I get why tickets are expensive to go to the Big 12 championship. But these ticket prices have been artificially inflated because TCU won't sell out their home stadium because they're afraid of too much red being in the stadium. They have a top 10 team. They have a top 10 team, and they're afraid that opponents, fans, will take over their stadium. Now, I will give TCU credit. I will give TCU credit. They did this a lot smarter than Texas did because Texas tried to do that in basketball to us and completely botched it and lost the game in the process. I'm hoping that, you know, they they seem like they've been uh, successful keeping our fans out of the stadium. Hopefully, they're not successful of keeping our team out the end zone. Um, so we'll see about that on Saturday. I hope it comes back to bite them in the butt that they lost money that they could have had on this game and they lose the game. But anyways, 
That's just a soft move. I'm sorry. That is a soft move. You can say, oh, you're trying to create a home field advantage. Yeah, when you're saying you're DFW's team and you can't sell tickets to your home stadium, you can't sell it out without the opposing fan base or you're afraid of the opposing fan base will want it more than your fan base does. You're not DFW's team. You're not. You're not. They say, oh, maybe we can get into the Big Ten because we have a big market. Well, yeah, that's great. You're the fifth uh, school in your market and you're – None of the other four schools above you are even in your market. They still have more fans in that market than you. They still carry more weight in that market than you do. But whatever, whatever. That's uh, that. I that's what you expect from you know a private school that charges what forty thousand a year in tuition and I don't know. They they like to make fun of our education scores, but their head coach that they're all crazy about went to Texas Tech and graduated from there. But I don't know. Whatever. All right, so earlier in the show, I said I'd be in Fort Worth. Um, I, I paused and actually got a ticket to the game. So I'll be at the game. But it's still ridiculous. Like, it's it's frustrating. I mean, those tickets, face value, are $65 for the cheapest in the house. And Saturday morning, they were over $300, and you can buy tickets. When I called the ticket office, they say it's sold out. It's over 300 on StubHub. It's not sold out. They're selling more tickets to it. But uh, they won't sell it to people. It it'll be interesting to see how that crowd looks, especially in the upper section. Do they sell out with no tech fans there for 11 a.m. game? I have serious questions. Anyways, moving on to our game against TCU, they looked vulnerable about against West Virginia, and I will say, I owe all of y'all an apology. I went 0 for 4 on my picks last week. That was tough. I'm not gonna lie. Um. I was <laughs> really disappointed. Uh, so how the day unfolded, I, it looked like Oklahoma was beating Iowa State. I always thought that was a 50-50 game. I wasn't shocked by that. Now, TCU covered when they went for it on fourth down up by three late in the game. A player jumped off sides. It was a free play. It's a f- first down. Game's over. They throw it up, get a touchdown. I mean, that that was the worst beat I've seen. Kansas State ran the doors off of Oklahoma State, which another thing about our game against Baylor, it was an embarrassing game. It was an embarrassing loss. Oklahoma State just had an embarrassing loss. Kansas State had an embarrassing loss to Tulane. West Virginia had an embar- a few embarrassing losses this year. Um, Kansas has had a lot in their history. OU's had a couple embarrassing losses this year. Texas had an embarrassing loss to us or what they thought was an embarrassing loss to us. Um, Baylor had an embarrassing loss to West Virginia. I mean, these losses happen across the conference. It's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. This team's okay. Let's see how they rebound this week. Um, I think they're going to get better. So Baylor beat us because they're defensive line and offensive line, which did not look good at all earlier in the season, stepped up, and Blake Shapin stepped up. I said last week those guys haven't taken the steps. They took the steps on Saturday night, and they beat our butts. But I don't expect TCU to have as good of a front seven. I expect Baron Morton to have more time. I think that will be able to get to Max Duggan a bit better, and now he's athletic. And not only is he athletic and can run, but he's also big and strong. So it's going to be tough because he's playing really well right now. I mean, he was in the Heisman Trophy discussion. He's playing well right now. But if he regresses just a bit in that game, 
If he regresses just a bit in that game, I think we have a chance. And Baylor gashed us on the ground. And now TCU has the capability to gash us on the ground too. Um, I believe it's, hold on. Yeah, it's Kendra Miller. I For some reason, I was thinking Kenyon Drink. But no, it's Kendra Miller. Um, he's a really good back. He's a really, really good back. Last week, he ran for 12 carries for 120 yards against K-State. He ran for 29 carries, 153 yards. We just need to prevent him from being a workhorse back. You get in that backfield, our linebackers are going to have to step up, and our offensive line is going to have to step up, get Barrymore in time, and let us get sustained possessions. Our receivers are going to have to get open better. The coaching staff said after the game that was definitely their worst game of the season. I'd agree just watching that. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for an upset here. I don't think that we pull it. I saw the line was at, what, nine and a half? I think we cover that. I think it's a game within a touchdown. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a game within a touchdown here. It, this team has not dropped two duds in a row on us. They dropped a dud against NC State, came back and beat Texas. They did not drop duds against K-State or Oklahoma State. We saw their second dud performance of the season. I expect them to bounce back in a big way. Hey, last time we had a dub, we had a big rivalry game the next week that we were dogs in by about the same spread, and we pulled it off. So I have faith in this team. I think they have a really I think they're gonna cover that nine and a half. I think they have an opportunity to win. Obviously, they're dogs right now, but I think they do have an opportunity to win. Offensive line is going to need to play better. Every position is going to need to play better. And we're going to need to run the ball more. And I think we'll be able to against that TCU defense. I think Baron Morton's going to have a bounce back game. And I really think Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson are going to be able to get the rock a lot more, get a bit more spacing in there. I think both of those guys will combine for something like 150 plus yards. I think if they both combine for 150 plus, we have a good chance. If they combine for something like 170 plus, then I think we win this game. So I I think that's the key to the game, just getting it to Brooks and Thompson, setting up Baron Morden, whether he's running play action or anything else. I I think this is a winnable game for Texas Tech. This definitely is a winnable game, actually. But uh, every position group is going to need to play better. They're going to need to play like they did against Oklahoma State, like they did against Texas, like they did against West Virginia. They can't play like they did against TCU. If they play, or Baylor, sorry, uh, private Texas schools. I don't like confusing them now. Um, but I think it's very doable for us. Um, I expect every position group to step up. I think it will be a long week in practice for them. And this is definitely a winnable game. The frustrating thing with Baylor is we're out of the Big 12 title race. Now it's about making a bowl game. And the best way to get there is by beating TCU and Kansas. So, the last two weeks, you're playing for house money, playing for a 7-5 season, 8-4 and four season. All that is still in play for this team. This team can get more wins than any Tech team in quite some time. That's all doable and ahead of this team right now. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I really appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Um, hopefully Monday I'm on here talking about how we just upset a top 10 team instead of eating crow like I've had to do this week after my show last week. But thank y'all.